ready for the word today. Amen. Come on, open your Bibles with me to Leviticus. Leviticus will be going there today for the third part of thank God for the blood. As you're turning there, I want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness with your tithes and your offering and your giving as you do each and every week. It allows us to do outreaches beyond the walls here and not only everyday ministry, but to touch lives at this time of year who needs it. So thank you for your faithfulness with your tithes and your offering and your giving. Our ushers will be at the door as you leave today. You can fill out an envelope. You can text to give. You can use your app. Go online. However you give, thank you so much for being faithful in that. Speaking on thank God for the blood this morning, part three, if you've not watched the other two, be sure you go online so you can get the fullness of this word today. This is part three of talking about the blood uh, today. And how many of you know that you cannot over-preach the blood? There's a lot of churches that never talk about the blood, and I believe that's one thing that's missing in the church today is we got to talk about the blood. You can never over-preach the blood because the blood is at the center of our faith. Amen? And there are so many that come through our doors every Sunday. You may even be here today, and you really don't understand the significance of the blood of Jesus, or you think it's a little strange or weird, a little gory. And there are many that are saved that have even taken the principle of applying the blood for granted. Amen? They did it once, and they feel that we have said the prayer, we've repeated the prayer, and so often we get to the place where we feel like, I've said the prayer, and that's everything. But if you just have an encounter with words, but no encounter with the blood, how many of you know there's a difference in having an encounter with some words and your words colliding with the blood? Because if you just have an encounter with the words but not the blood, you will find yourself in a cycle. Amen? You will find yourself there because, yes, you must come and you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, but you also must have a continuous engagement with the blood if you're going to live in victory. Amen? God hasn't changed his mind about the blood. We watched in the Old Testament, the blood covenant. We see in the New Testament There is still power in the blood and nothing has changed. And if you want to get to the Father, you must go through the Son. You must go through the blood. There's only one way into heaven today. There's only one way into heaven every day. And a lot of times we have taught acceptance and and, and love as, as if there are many ways into heaven. But I want to tell you the truth this morning that there is only one way and that is through the Father, through the Son. You must go through the blood. There's only one way to get into heaven. Your tarot cards cannot get you into heaven. Your zodiac sign will not get you in or keep you out of heaven. I don't care if you're burning sage every day, if you're rubbing your crystals or your stones together. How many can testify that there's only one way to the Father and you've got to go through the Son and you've got to go through the blood? Can I get an amen this morning? Because I truly do believe that God is calling for a purification of the church. God is calling for a purification of the bride. He's calling for a cleansing because I want you to get this. There's a wave of glory that is coming. There's a last day outpouring that is promised to his people. And he's preparing a people 
For when it happens, we will be able to receive it. And we will be able to handle what he is about to give to us in this next season. Come on right where you are. I want you to pray with me this morning. Lord, I thank you today for this word. I thank you for what you were doing today. God, right now I pray for these people. I pray that anything that may be fighting for their attention, I pray that it would cease. Anything that they have walked into this place that may be a a burden upon them, Lord, right now they just lay it at your feet. And I pray, Lord, that they lock their eyes on your face today. Lord, I pray that their ears are in tune with your voice today. Lord, I pray that as the word goes forth that it becomes like fire in our bones this morning. And we'll give you the honor and the glory and the praise. The church said amen. Amen Amen and amen. It's so good to have you here today as we continue this last part of this series. And in Leviticus 14, we'll be going there in just a moment. But I want you to understand that this is a true story today. This is not a parable. This is not a made-up story. This actually happened in history. This is an Old Testament principle and an Old Testament covenant that God was using to restore the people then and bring them back to his side. It was also a foreshadowing of what he wanted to do in the New Testament blood covenant that was coming through the word becoming flesh, Jesus coming to earth, dwelling among us and being crucified for our sins and for our salvation. And I encourage you, as I said earlier, go back and listen to those two previous messages if you have not, so you can fully grasp what we're saying here today. But in Leviticus 14, verse 1, the word says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper for the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought to the priest, and the priest shall go out of the camp, and the priest shall examine him, and indeed... If the leprosy is healed in the leper, then the priest shall command to take for him who is to be cleansed two living and two clean birds, cedarwood, scarlet, and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it, the cedarwood, someone say cedarwood, and the scarlet, someone say scarlet. And the hyssop, somebody say hyssop. And dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. Now let me take a moment today and describe and set up this setting to you. This is a tool that is similar to what was just described and used throughout scripture for the applying of the blood. You will find that at In the center of it was a piece of cedar. It was the core of it. It was the backbone of this instrument. At the end of it, you will find dried up hyssop. Hyssop was a flower that was commonly used and found all throughout the city. They would hang up the flower and its bright uh, violet purple blooms. And they would dry it out and they would attach it to the piece of cedar by using uh, a piece of scarlet. Your text may say scarlet thread or scarlet yarn or scarlet rope. And they would use this device. This device is actually the same device that we read about in the Old Testament at the time of Passover. 
they would take this same device and they would dip it in the blood and they would apply it to the doorpost. They would apply it as the death angel was making its way around as a plague and was killing the male children to set God's people free. And everywhere that the blood was applied, death would what? It would pass over them because death could not come into the blood. See, whenever you get washed in the blood, you never really die. Amen. You may die on this earth because your last breath here is your first breath in glory and you live eternally. Because if you love him and confess him with your mouth as your savior and you've been washed in this blood of the lamb, you have the gift of eternal life. Aren't you thankful that there is a promise of eternal life? Anybody thankful this morning for the promise of eternal life? And this was also used on the lepers that we've been studying about these last three weeks. They would literally, once they were out of the home and healed, they would then take the same device and they would take the blood and they would walk in and literally rub the blood on the walls and the belongings of those that had been sick to purify, to be sure that this condition, this disease was completely out of the home. And this instrument is what I want to talk to you about today. Number one, you can write down the word hyssop. H-Y-S-S-O-P. Hyssop represents healing. The hyssop plant was known for being one of the most fragile plants in the area. It was known because it tasted, it had a very bitter taste. It was not a specialty plant. It was not a rare plant, but it could be found in the most common areas. It could be found all around the roadsides and in the city. And what turned this common plant into something that could be used for the uncommon? What turned this normal dried up plant into something that could be used for the uncommon? It was not the taste of the plant. It was not the strength of the plant. It was not the rarity of the plant. But what, what it is, is the same for you. It, 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 it will not be the degree hanging on your wall that makes you special. It will not be the amount of money in your checking account that makes you special. It will not be who you know or who knows you. It will not be your daddy. It will not be your pedigree. None of these things will make a common person un common. But what made this common hyssop uncommon was that it was dripping in the blood of the bird that represents the blood of Jesus. See, I hate to break it to you. I know your mama and your daddy told you you're special. But guess what? We're really not that special until we come into the blood of the lamb. We are just common everyday people until we come in contact with the blood. See, we are not that special but, but if you would just let us get under the blood. If you would just get under the oil and the blood, that is when that is something that is common can quickly become uncommon. Amen. Because, because if we want to be uncommon, we've got to fellowship with the blood and we've got to get the oil on us again because nothing in your life is more important than your fellowship with and through the blood of Jesus Christ. Do not ever let anyone or anything pull you out of 
the blood. Do not ever let a relationship pull you out from under the blood. If you are dating someone right now who don't want, who they do not want you to go to church, you need to pray really hard and run really fast because do not let them pull you out of the blood. Can I get an amen? If your job is so distracting to you and it, 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 it is forming you into something that is not of Christ, I want to tell you right now, find another job. Do not let your career pull you out from under the blood. Don't let your enemies lie and trick you into believing that there is something more important than the blood because your social status is not more important than the blood. Your career cannot compare to the importance of the blood. Your child making the, the basketball team or cheerleading is not more important than the blood. Can I get an amen this morning? Nothing is more important than the blood. No matter how old you are, there will never ever be anything more important than the blood. No matter your race, no matter your skin tone, it doesn't matter. There will never ever be anything that is more important than the blood. Can anybody testify this morning that there will never ever be nothing that is more important than the blood in my life today? I want you to understand that in, in Hebrew and Greek, hyssop means the holy herb, the holy flower. It was used for, heal, for its healing abilities. It would relieve coughs. It was used as an antiseptic. It was also used for internal cleansing in the gut. And the blood that was dripping from this healing herb tells us that there is healing power in the blood of Jesus. Isaiah 53, 4 says, Surely he has borne, somebody say borne. Surely he has borne our griefs, say griefs, and carried our sorrows, somebody say sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are what? And by his stripes we are what? And by his stripes we are healed. The verse used the words grief and sorrow. Get this. Grief means anxiety, calamity, and weakness. Sorrow means physical, mental pain. It said that surely he has borne our griefs and sorrows. Born means to literally to lift up, to carry away, to forgive. Somebody needs to get this in your spirit because Jesus' blood has lifted your sickness. Jesus' blood has lifted your pain this morning. It has lifted your mental torment. And healing is your spiritual and legal right in the kingdom of God. I'm going to say that until it gets in your spirit. I said healing is your spiritual and legal right in the kingdom of God. I'm going to say it again until you act like you're hearing me. I said healing is your legal and spiritual right when you've been washed in the blood. Because I want you to understand this, that when I plead the blood over my body and my mind, I am binding every infirmity that has gotten into my space. Whenever I start pleading the blood saying, no, you can't have my kids. I pleaded over my finances. You can't have my schools in Rome, Georgia. You can't have my future. What I am doing is I am binding every infirmity that has gotten into a space that it has 
no business in that space and I am loosing the healing portion of my inheritance. I am saying get out because my inheritance is that my kids will know the Lord. My inheritance is I will be healed. Get out of my space because when I plead the blood, we are telling that infirmity to leave us. When you plead the blood over your marriage, you are saying get out of my marriage. When you plead the blood over your children, you're saying devil, get your hands off of my children. When you are pleading the blood over your church, you are saying devil, you better get your hands off of Legacy Church because there's no room for you here and your plan will not prosper in an environment like this. You are telling that thing, you do not have permission in my space anymore and God, I give you the permission to come back into that place that I let something slip into my life because why? Because by your stripes I am healed and it is part of my inheritance because I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I wish about 50 people would get excited about this as I am. It makes me want to shout this morning that my inheritance is healing, that my inheritance is cancer. You got to go back to hell where you came from. My inheritance is that my children will see Jesus. Hallelujah. Number two, write down cedarwood. If you study the cross that Jesus was crucified on, you will find a lot of studies say that there were multiple types of wood that were used. But most will agree that the center beam that was in the ground, the most strongest of them all, was made from cedar. The cross represents the maturing, someone say mature, the maturing of Christ's assignment on earth. It does not represent Christ's end, but the end of his earthly assignment because his end was our beginning, amen? Cedar was known in its time for being the king of trees. It was known for being the king of trees because of its strength and because of its root system that was deep. And because of its deep roots, it was able to handle and, and, and live and survive and thrive in the harshest winds and the harshest conditions that it could face. So whenever you look at the cross, that cedar cross, and look at the deep roots of the cedar wood, it reminds me that spirit maturity actually looks like death. Hmm. If my roots are going to run deep, if I'm not going to be a shallow Christian, one who just comes to church, one who just wears a t-shirt, but if I'm going to have the depth that I need to live in victory, it's going to require some death. I've got to put some things to death. I've got to put some relationships to death. That doesn't mean kill your spouse. I didn't want anybody to go do it and blame it on me. But there's some things that you've got to cut off. If you want death to be able to stand against the winds of life, it requires some death because spiritual maturity sometimes gets confused because spiritual maturity doesn't always look like a promotion. 
Spiritual maturity doesn't always look like a blessing. Spiritual maturity doesn't always look like favor. Mm. But spiritual maturity begins in death. And you've got to get this because immaturity is a veil that blinds us from the spirit world. If you are immature in the spirit, you cannot see through the wiles of the enemy. You cannot see what is really going on in the world. You see political chaos. I see the Lord's coming back. I see people, you see people falling away. I see the Lord forming a remnant in the last day. See, whenever you are spiritually immature, you'll start believing everything that you hear. Instead of looking through the word and saying, I will not fear, that's just a sign, that's just another day closer to the trumpet sounding. Whenever you are spiritually mature, it is like a veil that blinds you from the spirit world. And if we do not grow up, we will miss outpourings. If we do not grow up, we will sit back and let the enemy steal a generation. If we do not grow up in the spirit, we will sit back and not see what the enemy is doing in America. But the blood matures you. The blood reminds us that it's his will over my will. The blood reminds me that it's kingdom over the culture. The blood reminds me to turn the other cheek. The blood reminds me to forgive and just move on. The blood reminds me to bridle on my tongue. The blood matures me. It causes my roots to grow deep. It causes me to have some depth. It causes me to be able to stand whenever I am wrestling uh, with, with the darkness and principalities. Because some of us don't need a miracle. We just need to grow up. I said some of us don't need a miracle. We need to grow up. I said, some of us need to quit praying for a miracle. We need to pray to grow up. Because there's even some of us, we don't need deliverance. We just need to grow up. Some of us, we don't need a new word. We just need to learn how to obey the first word that he gave us. Because obedience will cause blessing and favor in your life. And favor is attracted to obedience. Favor is attracted to maturity. Look at your neighbor and tell him what you've been wanting to a long time. Say, grow up, grow up. We've got to learn how to connect with the throne of God by ourselves. we got to learn how to worship without a band. we got to learn how to pray with lights. We got to learn how to speak in tongues without a microphone. We got to learn how to dance whenever you're in a room by yourself full of death. We've got to learn to, we got to mature. We've got to learn how to push through the crowds, push through the chaos and touch the hem of his garment. I'm not saying you've got to be perfect, but I'm saying we've got to learn that come hell or high water. I will not quit. I will not be moved. I will press through and I'm going to come in contact with the blood every day no matter what get this what does spiritual maturity look like you ready hide your toes God is first in every area of my life next private time with Jesus is non-negotiable next 
fruits of the Spirit are on display at all times. Next, serve God in and outside of the local church. Next, you know how to forgive even when they don't want it. Next, you know how to live in peace when you're really living in hell. And next, you can discern wickedness. And I can guarantee you, there's not a person in this room that can check off everything on the list. Oh, I'm good. I just walk around and the fruit of the Spirit is just dripping off of me. You a lie? I saw you in Walmart Black Friday. I saw you last night watching Alabama and Georgia almost lose. I saw you. So what does that mean? Since none of us have it all together, that means that we all still need the blood. That means that we all, that we all should be praying every day. That means that there's room for maturity for us all. Because nobody ever arrives until you get in heaven and you have a perfect body, you've got a new body, you've got a, you've got a robe of white on, you will never be perfect until you enter in. That right there should remind us that every day we need the blood of the lamb. And guess what? Whenever our brothers and our sisters are slipping away, guess what? We've got to be there for them and hold them accountable. Get this. Satan is not afraid of you because you are saved. Because how many of you know, there's a bunch of crazy safe people. Mm. I got the picture of a few of them. Go and put, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Satan is not afraid of you because you go to church. Why? Because there's a lot of immature people in the church. Can I get an Amen. But Satan fears those people that understand the power of the blood. He fears the people that understands the blood covenant. Why? Because where there is blood, Satan cannot prosper. I said where there is blood, Satan cannot prosper. Where there is blood, he cannot divide a church that is under the blood. And when there starts to become disunity in a church, it means that a member of the body has gotten outside of the blood and it's our job to walk up to that person and say, no, you're not leaving the family of God. You're not leaving the family of God. The blood was shed for you. The blood was shed for you. Never, ever let anybody lie to you and pull you out from under the blood. You'd be surprised the lies that Satan tells people to get them out of the church. They don't know my past. We don't need to know your past. Because everybody in this room's got a past. He cannot divide what is under the blood. Because you will make it if you stay under the blood. I said, You will make it if you stay under the blood. Look at your neighbor and say, You'll make it. If you stay under the blood, you're going to make it. Come on. If you stay under the blood, the son of us will make it. 
if you stay under the blood. You will make it if you stay under Marty, you're going to make it if you stay under the blood. The bells are going to make it if you stay. The heralds will make it if you stay under the blood. If you want to make it, you've got to stay under the blood. Man, help me out. The third piece I want to talk about is the scarlet this morning. The scarlet that was used to hold everything to the cedar. Get this. Was the same scarlet used at the hem of the garments of the priest? This same thread. Get this. It was the same thread that was used over the door of the tabernacle that would literally fall. It was like a curtain over, over the, the, the door to the tabernacle. And you could not get into the presence of God without going under and through the scarlet thread. Wow. The scarlet cord is God's covenant with us through his son's blood because the blood was more than just a spot in heaven. The blood was meant for more than just a free ticket into the gate. The blood is your invitation into sonship. The blood is your invitation to your inheritance. I want you to get this because in Joshua chapter 2, there was a harlot. A harlot. We'd call her a prostitute. You down south, you say she's a floozy. Old heifer. Walking around taking my man like that. How dare she? Dirty. Been with everybody this side of the Ustanala. How dare she? Harlot. This was not a saint. This was not a church member, but a harlot. Joshua was coming to take Jericho. The enemies had launched attacks and spies and assassins, and Joshua found this harlot, Rahab. He said, look, thanks for helping us and all, but if you take this scarlet cord, if you take the scarlet fabric and put it outside of your house, you put it outside your window, whenever we come back and we start wiping it out, everybody, we will not kill you because we will see that you are marked by the scarlet that is on your house. And Rahab looked at him and she agreed, come into agreement with him. And in Joshua 6, when they arrived to kill everyone, Rahab, not just the prostitute, not just that old floozy, but her entire house, she saved an entire generation was saved that day because she decided to get the scarlet ribbon on her house. And I want to ask the church of God this today. I want to ask you, is there a scarlet ribbon in your house anywhere? What have you covered in the blood? Have you put some scarlet in your children's room? Have you put some scarlet in your bedroom? Have you put some scarlet on your finances? Have you put a piece of scarlet on your mind? Have you put scarlet on your health? Because you've got to know that wherever the blood is, there is divine protection.
Can anybody testify today that the blood has protected me? Can anybody testify the blood has held me together? Anybody testify the blood kept my mind in order? The blood kept my vision focused? It wasn't my gifting. It wasn't my talent. It wasn't my last name. It wasn't my daddy or my grandma. Oh, but it was the blood that kept me. Can anybody testify it was the blood that kept me together? When I saw I lost me, the blood kept me. When there were just 12 people in my living room forming Legacy Church, the blood kept me. When I was broken, the blood kept me. When I felt forgotten, the blood kept me. When I felt lost, the blood. Anybody in the room thankful for the blood? If you are, get upon your feet this morning. Let's declare it today.